is when it sounded like a couple weeks back at Big Bethel AME Church in Atlanta, Georgia. It was the day before MLK Day, the 10 a.m. Sunday service, and the congregation was about to hear from a special guest, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. It's literally no place in the world I'd rather be than right here with you today. Willis was warm and funny. She joked she was wearing her best $29 dress from Ross. But she was there to talk about something serious her ongoing fight to prosecute Donald Trump for interfering in the 2020 election. Now, I must warn you, if you are looking today, this morning, to hear from a perfect person, well, he was crucified and he died for your sins. But today, what he has brought you is his very flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect servant. In case it's not obvious here, Willis is playing defense in this speech. And this nod to being imperfect, it had everything to do with how her leadership is being questioned. In bombshell court filings, her detractors are saying Willis is in a secret relationship with the lead attorney arguing against Donald Trump in court, maybe even using the money she pays him to go on lavish vacations. By the time Fannie Willis made this speech, had you been waiting to hear from her? Yeah, I was definitely waiting to hear from her. I mean, anytime um, a serious allegation is lodged against a prosecutor in, in, in a court filing, I am waiting to see the response. Ankush Kodori is a former prosecutor himself. He saw this speech as a kind of test of who Fannie Willis is as an attorney. To be frank, Willis did not pass Ankush's test. He was mostly surprised by how vague Willis was, alluding to unnamed enemies. Guys, why don't they look at themselves and just be honest? I mean, can't they keep it a hundred with themselves? Why are they so surprised that a diverse team that I assembled, your child, can accomplish extraordinary things? Willis didn't say anything to address the rumors head on, framing them instead as a racially motivated smear campaign. judgment good enough, but the black female Democrats not. I mean, she talked about threats against her. She told the story of how on Christmas her home got surrounded by cops. There were reports of gunfire. She feared her eldest child was killed. That could all be true. It was intense. No, that can all be true. And it is not mutually exclusive with the set of allegations that have been made and that she needs to directly respond to. I mean, all of these things can be true. And it can even be true. I'm not, I'm not alleging this, but it could be true that her detractors are motivated by racism. That's not going to resolve this problem. I just found it unsettling to see any public official just kind of trying to soften up their own audience in a way that is like kind of quite misleading. I mean... I'm like, you're sensing a little bit of frustration on my end because I've been thinking about this almost daily since the speech. I've read it multiple times. I watched it front to back. She performed incredibly well for this audience in church. Like, she really, she had them. She was good at it. But I don't know if she, I don't know that she 
really addressed any of the concerns of people outside of that church. She didn't. I mean, she didn't. Today on the show, how Fani Willis found herself in the middle of a mess in Georgia, and why so far she has not done much to clean it up. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The future of America is in your hands. This is not a movie trailer, and it's not a political ad, but it is a call to action. I'm Mila Atmos, and I'm passionate about unlocking the power of everyday citizens. On our podcast, Future Hindsight, we take big ideas about civic life and democracy and turn them into action items for you and me. Every Thursday, we talk to bold activists and civic innovators to help you understand your power and your power to change the status quo. Find us at futurehindsight.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's start by laying out what the rumors about Fonnie Willis are and where they came from. First, the rumors themselves. They're about Willis's personal ties to Nathan Wade one of three attorneys she brought on as special counsel. Wade is getting paid a tidy sum for his work, reportedly more than half a million dollars over two years. And there seems to be evidence that he's paid for Fonnie Willis to travel with him. We know all this because of a guy named Michael Roman, one of Donald Trump's 18 co-defendants in the election interference and racketeering case in Fulton County. At the beginning of the month, Roman's attorneys filed a motion to dismiss his case entirely, claiming an improper relationship between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade. I've never seen a filing like this lodging allegations as significant as this, just taking refuge in the notion that anonymous people have told the lawyer this. Lawyers do not file filings that just say, oh, hey, I have anonymous sources from the city who may have seen them around town. His lawyer did not actually disclose much about what they learned or how they learned it beyond that she had gotten access to certain files that had been um, provided in connection with Nathan Wade's divorce proceeding. So this whole thing starts with a very strange filing. Very strange. And by the way, and, and like, so there's that element, which is very strange, which is, and I would say itself may have violated some ethical rules and surely crossed some professional norms. There's no question in my mind about that. Can you talk to me about Nathan Wade, the prosecutor Fonnie Willis is accused of having an improper relationship with? Like, who is he exactly? Wade is a, you know, a, a, an attorney who uh, has been practicing in the Atlanta area, it seems, for, for many, many years. Um, appears to have had sort of very limited experience handling criminal cases and, and felonies in particular. Um, no experience handling RICO cases. But I think that, you know, that framing of it, that's sort of the setup for the allegations that have made, made around him. It's, it's a little unfair to him. Because the allegation is like, this guy doesn't have the chops to be in this position. And so 
Fonnie Willis hired him because she has an improper relationship with him. That is the allegation, right? And I just want to focus on, does he have the chops? First of all, it's not like there are RICO cases being filed all day, every day. I mean, I never worked on a RICO case. (laughs) I was a federal Mm -hmm. prosecutor for years, right? They're rare anywhere. Um, The question is like, uh, uh, and particularly for a prosecutor, is like, it may be valuable to have some, to add someone to the team whose experience is on the defense side, precisely because they may be be able to anticipate those defenses. They may understand the law and strategic and tactical decisions those people will will be making. And he's one of three attorneys on this case. So it's not like he's the only attorney working on this. And it's interesting because um, I read in the Washington Post, there was one source who told them basically they had trouble hiring any attorneys to work on this case because a lot of people just didn't want the publicity. They didn't want to mess with Trump. They just said, no, thank you. And that is another important fact that Willis could assert herself in her defense. It should not be coming through through media reports, right? At least the judge isn't going to care if they're coming through media reports. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And by the way, let me just add, because a lot of been, uh, has been made about the amount of money. Yeah, I was about to ask about that. The reports are that Nathan Wade has been paid more than $600,000 for his work on this case. That number tells me nothing. Huh. Why? Because he is being paid, my understanding is a $250 an hour rate, which is very low. <laughs> for a case like this. Um, and so the question is like how many hours, and it's 250 times X to reach all those hours. I and mean, if he's really, really working that hard um, at $250 an hour, it's very plausible to me that he could have generated $600,000 in billings, right? This is again, why I'm saying like, there are facts here that are only pretty much exclusively available to the district attorney's office that could help clarify and even ameliorate some of this. We just don't know. Even more than the amount of money that Nathan Wade has been paid, I think the issue here is what did Nathan Wade do with that money and what did he and Fonnie Willis do with that money? The lawyer for Michael Roman so far has alleged that Wade has taken multiple vacations with Willis uh, to sort of, you know, fancy locales and that records that she has obtained showed that Wade, Wade paid for both. Uh, of their travel, at least. To my mind, I mean, again, this is a a question that is easily answerable from the district attorney's office. Did she reimburse him? Hmm. Right. Was this a company expense or was this a private expense? Even that framing is more complicated. Did you reimburse him for these tickets? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, this is why I'm like sort of pulling my hair out here as someone who like, did this job on the prosecutors. These are not actually terribly complicated questions. And yet we're now on week whatever and Willis is still avoiding them. She's not going to have a choice. She's going to have to say something on Friday um, when her court filing is due. Uh, Hopefully we get the answers that she has and that we all deserve, but I don't know. This Friday's court filing is at the request of the judge who's overseeing the election case in Fulton County. He essentially told Fonnie Willis she's got to formally respond to these allegations especially since in the weeks since they were filed, Donald Trump's attorneys have joined this motion to dismiss. What do you think she's going to say in that filing? Honestly, I don't know. I'm actually very concerned because I know what I would like her to say, right? Let's just take the allegations head on, take your lumps, be clear. Um, That's the easiest way to stop the bleeding because the judge is a lawyer too, and the judge is going to notice if you're being evasive, (laughs) right? I am worried that we're going to see a continuation of uh, uh, the strategy that we saw uh, in church. 
which is avoid, avoid, avoid. Avoid, 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 and also potentially inflame the situation um, by trying to, 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 to mix what may be some serious and legitimate professional ethical issues with more incendiary claims that, that I think are not productive to resolving this in an orderly way. Given the information we have right now, do you essentially assume the allegation that Fonnie Willis is in a relationship with Nathan Wade is true? Yes. Yeah. And by the way, every lawyer I've spoken to, <laughs> uh, and I talked to a lot, a lot of lawyers, you can imagine, um, has come to the same view. I mean, it's a very uncomfortable thing for people to say publicly, but but what's happening here and what is influencing um, people like me and uh, the others I just mentioned is because of the, the silence and the evasion. If Fonnie Willis admits in this court filing that's due Friday that the relationship at least is is real, will she and Wade have to be removed from this case? Not necessarily. The mere fact that lawyers working on a case together or even opposite sides of a case, maybe in a romantic relationship, married, unmarried, whatever, that's not an ethical violation. Now, it may be very improper as a matter of workplace practice, okay? It may, be, may violate many different Fulton County um, policies and procedures, right? And, but those would have separate sets of sort of repercussions potentially. As a strictly uh, ethical matter, it's fine for them to be in a relationship together. I mean, it would have been better if they disclosed it up front. But as I said, that's really only one step. I mean, the thing that's going to be of concern to the judge is that, okay, but what about the rest of this? After the break, why even if this judge doesn't want to throw this case out, it might end up disappearing anyway. Okay, we just talked about how Fonnie Willis is required to respond to these accusations against her by Friday of this week. I just want to talk about how much is on the line here and how these accusations might derail the case that's happening in Georgia. It looks like even just in the last few weeks, Republicans have run with this news. And they were already not Fonnie Willis fans. Can you tell me about what's been happening in the state Senate? Like, they've opened an investigation, right? Yeah, so there, th- this is moving very fast, actually. There appears to be an investigation that's going to be open. Lawmakers in Georgia are trying to pass laws. They seem to be getting quite close to passing laws that might provide them with more mechanisms to rein her in and potentially control her work. And even if state lawmakers don't wind up getting involved, Akush says, with enough effort, these allegations could implode the case anyway. There is a precedent for folks who are invested in this case to be worried about the outcome. What's the precedent? So Willis was already has already encountered a conflict issue in the course of this uh, of this case. It just didn't get that much attention. But she held a fundraiser for uh, the opponent of someone, one of the defendants in in the case when it first began. And the judge at the time it was a different judge who was overseeing sort of the grand jury investigation kind of um, criticized her for this, and she ended up having to essentially refer the case against that defendant to a body of prosecutors in Georgia who can sort of pick up conflicted cases, right? So it was wheeled out to those other prosecutors. Nobody picked it up. Huh. So there's a chance that she could be conflicted out of this and then the case just vaporizes because no one else wants to do it? There is a chance. I mean, that's the real risk here. 
that the facts continue to move against Willis based on whatever the judge uh, 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 orders in the way of, you know, gathering evidence or whatever and reaching any determinations. He disqualifies her and the office. The office then tries to, again, wheel this out to one of the other prosecutors in the state and nobody touches it. And it just kind of withers and dies. Another possibility is that I believe Willis is up for re-election this year. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, again, I'm not like uh, in that local uh, sort of jurisdiction, so I don't know. But, you know, this could have electoral implications for her as well. Um, and the person who who potentially replaces her, if that were to happen in an election, could dismiss the case. Yeah. I mean, one lawmaker in the Georgia House of Representatives even introduced a resolution to impeach Willis. So it seems clear this scandal is damaging Fonnie Willis's reputation, uh, and not just in the far right wing. Do you think that reputational damage is fair? Nobody forced her to give that speech at the church. So yes. Yeah. So is there a way for Fonnie Willis to fix this mess she finds herself in? Yes. Yes. I'm glad you asked me that question because I don't want to come off as some kind of like doomer as opposed to her. I am legitimately, I think like many people, um, wanting to see a clarification of the facts as quickly as possible. I'm not prepared to accept Michael Roman and his lawyers' uh, assertions in their their filing. Because as you said, their filing's messy. It's messy. It's got some serious problems with it. Nor am I prepared to accept Willis's kind of like defenses that just seem to speak right past the issues. I think, you know, I feel bad for the guy, but this is now going to fall to the judge to try to figure out some sort of way to uh, resolve this in an orderly way. What could he do? He could order the production of certain records from the office. He could say this would be a nice thing to do that I've seen judges do to other prosecutors who have faced uh, uh, allegations of impropriety. He could direct them to submit affidavits or declarations. Hmm. So basically give them an opportunity to clean up. It would give them an opportunity to clean up without the extraordinarily humiliating experience of having to take the stand in your own case. Right. Which would be just an appalling display. Or he could give them questions. Oh, like he could ask them, I want to know this and that and the other. In open court or like behind the scenes or? No, 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 no. Public filings. Huh. No, no, no. So this happens in cases where you know, these things can get really messy. The judges can say, I want answers to these specific questions, put them in filings. I want affidavits from the relevant personnel. It can get very, very messy. Quite honestly, he's already given them uh, 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 kind of an out here, right? And he gave them plenty of time to put in a submission in writing on the subject. And he is now giving them plenty of time between the filing, uh, which is due on the 2nd, and a hearing, which I believe is on the 15th, to prepare for that hearing. You know, some allies to Fonnie Willis have argued that a solution here is for Nathan Wade to just walk away from this prosecutorial team, despite the fact that he's the lead prosecutor. Would that be enough to salvage this case? No, and again, I, like, I hate to sound impatient, but you're getting this line from the same Democratic legal commentators. How would that solve the problem? <laughs> the allegation is that the district attorney is corrupt. I mean, again, we don't know if that's true, but like this is like some of this is just like we're hearing stuff in the media that literally makes no sense. So, yes, you could, in theory, like remove him from the case and staunch. Right. You could you could, in theory, like cut off um, the alleged improper flow of financial benefits. But what does that do 
with all the, the past. It doesn't do anything. The questions remain. Correct. Could Fannie Willis have avoided all of this by just, you know, January 9th, the day after this filing comes out in court, standing up and saying, here's the deal. This is what the situation is. Let us all move on. Yes. And if not the next day, then, well, you, you know what she could have done the next day? Say, these are serious allegations. Um, we reject them and we will respond in a more fulsome uh, or, or comprehensive way in a matter of X days or something. Something that tells the judge, we're tending to this, we're tending to this quickly, we're going to answer these questions. I'm not counting on Willis at this point, to be honest. Um, she'll, she, she and her office will hopefully do the right thing, but I'm not counting on them to uh, necessarily. I'm counting on the judge. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm counting on a judge who, to my eye, seems to be thoughtful and sort of uh, uh, work in a sort of uh, piecemeal fashion. And I hope that that's correct and that he brings the same disposition to bear here. Ankush, I'm always really grateful to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Ankush Kardori is an attorney and a former federal prosecutor in the Justice Department. And that's the show. If you're a fan of What Next, the best way to support us is to join Slate Plus. Go on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus and sign up. What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Anna Phillips, and Madeline Ducharme. We are led by Alicia Montgomery with a little help from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you back here next time.